Welcome to Redefining Balance for a Working Moms podcast. This is episode 188, How to Take Your Home from Chaotic to Clean with Jenny Welch. Welcome to Redefining Balance for a Working Moms podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Uh, Yes, even for you. You might just have to redefine what it looks like for yourself. I'm your host, fellow working mom and founder of Your Life Rocks, Jenny Stemmerman. Each week, I'll bring you practical, real-life tips to help you focus on the things that matter most in life and be the best version of yourself in every area that God has called you to. Ready to redefine what balance looks like for you and your life? Let's go. Hey there, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you are here to hang out with me today because today we are talking a little bit about home, a lot about faith and how the two really come together because let's face it, when our house is messy or we feel like it's messy or it's just not in the way that we want it to be, sometimes it can start to affect us and not always in the most positive way. Now, if you were listening to the show last month, we had some really practical tips from a professional organizer on about how we can really take charge and make an impact on different areas of our house. And so I highly recommend that you go back and listen to those episodes because action is important. Taking action on moving towards our goals and moving our homes into the direction that we want them to be is critical, but it's not everything. And so today we are joined by special guest Jenny Walsh. And we're talking about how not to let the mess of your house define you. Now, Jenny has a new method. It's called Chaotic to Clean. And she's going to be sharing with us three steps on how you can take your home from chaotic to clean, but in a non-stressful way, like in a way that it's not going to be overwhelming. And it's really just a way of helping you redefine what your house should represent in your life and moving closer to that, which is what we are all about here at Your Life Rocks. So yes, while we've been talking a lot about home in the last few weeks and the last few months, because it's spring cleaning time, and that is the time of year that I tend to focus a little bit more on my home, and a lot of my friends do as well. So we wanted to equip you with all of those tools. But there's so much more that we talk about on this show, right? We talk about faith and marriage and parenting and our careers and health, finances, all of it, right? Friendships too. In fact, if you missed last week's episode, we were talking all about how to set up your daily routine for your work so you can actually get things done in your career versus, you know, attending meetings and adding things to your to-do list and feeling like it's just overwhelming and there's not enough time in the day to get the things done that you need to do at work. So I invite you to go back and listen to that episode too. Now, you might have already met Jenny Welsh before. She was on episode 158. And what I loved about that episode is that she introduced us to loops and closing loops in our house to maintain order. And really, we took that whole concept of closing those loops here at Your Life Rocks and we turned it into every area of life. How are we closing the loops in our marriage? How are we closing loops with our time management? And so I hope that you go back and you listen to those episodes where we really got in depth on that. That was what episode 158 and 159. You can find them at Your Life Rocks dot com or in your podcast app. Now, if this is your first time meeting Jenny, let me tell you a little bit about her. Now, before I get into her official bio, can I just say the things that I really enjoy about Jenny is one, she shares the same name as me, but a lot of people do. We are 80s kids. But really, she approaches our homes like it's a project. She used to be a project manager in her corporate world. 
And that's the way that she approaches everything that she does about taking care of a home. She was a working mom just like us and still is, but she took a leap of faith and left her corporate world to start her own business and to have more time with her kids. And when she did that, she felt really overwhelmed and out of place about being in her home and not in the office. So she took her skills that she had with organization and project management and really turned it into this whole business that she has. And she's developed, like I said, the seven-step chaotic to clean method for overcoming the clutter in your home. As a teacher, she is a joy to learn from and a joy to just talk to. So I know you're gonna really love the interview that we have with her. And I know she's going to beyond bless you in the wisdom and the truth that she imparts with us today in this episode. So enjoy. Jenny, welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to have you back on to share with our listeners a little bit more about our homes and and how it affects us and all of that good stuff. But before we get into all of that, share with our listeners a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I am Jenny. I have three kids under seven, so we're busy. (laughs) (laughs) Understatement. (laughs) <laughs> I have a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a seven-year-old. Um, yeah. We live. My husband and I live in Southern California, so we get to enjoy, you know, the outdoors all the time. We love being outside and just love having our family time together. And so, a few years ago, I made the decision to step away from my out-of-the-home job and started a business in the home, so I could spend more time with my kids. Awesome! Awesome! And. You really, your home-based business that you have is really around helping moms kind of take control of what's going on in the house, right? Like housework and all of that. Share with us a little bit about what it is that you do in your business. Yeah. When I was a working mom, my home frustrated me to no end. I just felt like I didn't want to be at home. I would come home and immediately wanted to go do something else because my home was so cluttered. This started even before I started my at-home business, but even while I was still working outside of the home, I really started to look for new ways to organize my home so that it worked for our family. And then when I quit, I just really felt like this is what God was leading me to do, was to share kind of the discoveries that we had made and the changes that we had made in our home in order to just feel more cohesive at home and to feel like we could just be more present in our own home. And I didn't feel like I needed to run off and find, you know, restaurants or activities to do outside of the home because I just felt so cluttered in it. Yeah. And I think it's so great to see you stepping into really the gifts that God has given you and the purpose that he's given you and helping guide other busy moms. Cause you work a lot with stay at home moms as well as working moms, but you know, busy moms that they don't always have time to to take care of their house or or it just becomes so overwhelming that you don't even know where to start. Even if you have the time, it's like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where to start. And I think for a lot of us, you know, a lot of what you were sharing about when you were working and, and just the frustration about being at home, I think so many of us can really identify with that and align with you on that because the state of our homes, and I see it all the time in our Facebook community or, or emails that I get and even experiencing it sometimes for our, for myself, the state of our homes somehow like have this power over us to define us, or even if it doesn't define us, but at least it affects our emotions, it affects our well-being, even if it's on like a subconscious level and we don't even realize what's going on. But sometimes 
I know for me, I can find myself angry or frustrated about something and, I, and I'm like, why am I feeling this way? I don't even understand. And oftentimes, it's a result of my environment. Why do you think that that is such a common thing for so many of us moms? Well, look at just our whole lives and what we have been surrounded by, especially now with social media on Instagram and Pinterest. And you have these pictures of just these beautiful spaces. And then you watch TV and you watch a TV show and you think, how on earth is this person like affording this beautiful home, right? (laughs) All the time. uh, All the time. Right. Isn't that person supposed to be unemployed? How are they living in this beautiful house? Like, and you're watching these stories and just everyone around you seems to have it all together. And it goes back even further than that. I mean, how many of us when we were children picked up on the fact that we thought we should be embarrassed by a mess, right? I know so many times, like, and I'm guilty of this too. I have to stop myself when I'm trying to help my daughter clean her room and I say, Oh, this looks so messy. What kind of negative emotion am I? projecting on that statement and how is she internalizing that? So how did I internalize that as a kid when someone said, oh, your room is so messy? You know, so all of those things together create this environment where we think, oh, I'm not worthwhile if my space is cluttered or I'm not worthy of hosting that small group or that play group or connecting with my kids or whatever it is that you want to do. You feel like you can't and you're not worthy of it because of the state of the home, because it's cluttered or because it looks a certain way or the paint colors. I mean, we don't think about that on a conscious level, but it's there because it's been there our whole lives. Yeah, that's amazing. Just to even, you know, think about that as you're talking, thinking about some of those negative labels that we we have kind of connected that are just natural, right? Like it's what we, like you said, it's what we've grown up with. It's what I catch myself saying all the time about like, oh my gosh, it's gross or it smells in here. I mean, I've raised boys, so yeah. you know, oftentimes it smells in there. We call it a fart box sometimes in the morning when you open up their room. It's horrible and disgusting, but it gets me thinking as a mom when I'm saying that, what are those connections that I'm helping my kids make and that I'm even making, you know, for myself. But then it even goes that whole other step further, like you were talking about with comparison and TV shows. And really, when we think about those things, I'm really thinking, and this goes into so many of the areas of life that we talk about, but it's that unspoken expectation that we as women put on ourselves, I think, to overperform, especially most of our listeners listening to this, they're, you know, they're (laughs) go-getters, they're overachievers. And so there's always this unspoken expectation that we put on ourselves that things have to be great. And we talk about this all the time too on the show of of that pendulum swinging, you know, so, so far to the extremes with the expectations of things either are perfect or it's a hot mess and everything is horrible and falling apart. (laughs) There's hardly ever finding that middle ground. And I think sometimes we get so connected to that pendulum having to be on that perfect side of our home in order for us to feel content. Right. And I think as women, we tend to feel like we And whether or not this is valid in our workplaces, we tend to feel like we have to work twice as hard to get half as far. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know I've certainly been in environments and on teams where I felt that way. And I think that just carries over to everything because you're already in that mode, right? You're already a high achiever. So you already are pushing yourself to begin with. And then you might be in an environment where you feel like you have to push even harder and you have to have this complete image of what you want to project, right? It's branding. I mean, if we're talking about the workplace, it's branding. 
what is your personal image? What is your personal brand look like? And we get kind of caught up in that and we forget to truly represent who we are with that and instead are looking at kind of what's worked. Oh, what's worked for that person? And it's like that comparison trap again. And I think that's why, you know, I, I read this study where 89% of working moms and 92% of stay-at-home moms felt overwhelmed by their homes. I think that's why those numbers are so high because we are constantly comparing ourselves, constantly feeling like we need to work harder and just naturally as high achievers, we look to what has worked for someone else and we try to figure out how to achieve that, right? That's why there's hundreds of books about how to lead effectively, about how to manage effectively, right? Because we're looking at what's worked for someone else and trying to follow that pattern so that it can affect our own success. And that was something when I looked at those numbers, I just got so fired up because I thought, how much as women could we be accomplishing if we stopped feeling overwhelmed by our own homes and if we stopped devaluing our worth because we were comparing ourselves to someone else's success. And that's really what Chaotic to Clean is all about. I love that you talk about that. And I honestly, like when you shared those statistics of how many people, I'm surprised it's not higher. I'm surprised it's not 100% of people feel overwhelmed by their homes. And I remember when we had you on before and you, I invite everyone to go back and listen because it was such a great episode and we'll link to it in the show notes page. But you were really talking about closing those loops mm -hmm. when, we're, when we're taking care of things in our homes. Because I think that's what's so overwhelming about it, right? Is like, it's kind of like laundry. Like you can do the laundry, but people are still wearing clothes. So by the time you think you have laundry done now, there's more <laughs> dirty clothes. Like it's a never ending cycle. And I think right. so much of our lives, it's like we can start something and we can finish it and move on. But our homes, you know, there's always going to be dishes to wash. There's always going to be the floors are going to need to be cleaned or the laundry is going to need to be done. There's always going to be paper coming in. I mean, every day the mail comes, every day the kids' backpacks come home full of paper. There's always stuff to do. And I think that that's what's overwhelming about it is that there's no end to it. And then you throw that comparison piece on top of it mm -hmm. where we feel like it should be a certain way or I should have this under control. Or like you said, I see this on TV and yet my house doesn't look like that. And I am very successful in other areas of my life. So why can't I get this one piece done? And so I, I think that there's so many different layers to why this is the way it is and why we feel so overwhelmed. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, with closing the loop or following through or finishing the loop, it's really just about completely finishing that task. Yes, there's going to be more laundry. Yes, there's going to be more mailers. Yes, as soon as I pick up the kids from school, there are going to be more flyers. But that is separate from what is in front of me right now. So am I finishing the loop on what I am doing right now so that it's done and so that it's set for the next time I need it? There's a Mother Teresa quote that I love about you don't clean the dishes because the dishes were dirty or because they were used. You clean the dishes because you love the person who's going to use them next. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, isn't that great? And I just, oh, I love that because that's what it's about. And it's, not just about, you know, are you going to like iron your kids' clothes because you love them? Yes, sure. That's part of it. But are you going to put away the things that you just finished using because you love yourself and you want to set yourself up for success for the next time you need to use those things? Okay. So this is so good. I love that you're going here on this conversation because my husband and I were talking about this just yesterday. 
And my husband is an amazing husband. He was a stay-at-home dad for many years, but he is not a house cleaner by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination. So a large majority of that falls onto my shoulders. He's happy to help if I tell him what to do, but he just doesn't see the mess. He doesn't see dirt. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what we were talking about yesterday, so I, I say that just because it was weird that I was having this conversation with my husband. But what we were talking about yesterday is that that comparison of keeping up with you know everyone else in the neighborhood is it's springtime, so everyone's cleaning up their yard and you know, the front porches are getting all super cute. And it's almost like a, oh my gosh, I need to make my front porch look cute. I need to have new flowers and I need to have these things because everyone else is having these things. And we were just having this conversation on when we want to have nice things and we want to take care of our homes and we want to present our home in a certain way. Is it because we're worried of what people are going to think if we don't? Or is it because we want it to be nice just for ourselves? Like who are we really doing it for? And so I think that that is such a valuable piece that you're bringing up about that quote with Mother Teresa. I'm going to have to look that up because I think that that would be a really great thing to be sharing. But it is that mindset shift and that priority shift of why we're doing the effort of what it is that we're doing and the tasks that we're doing and taking up the time and the worry and the mind space about all of these things. Right. And you might end up decorating that porch, right? You might go back and think, who am I doing this for? And maybe you do go decorate the porch. And so the end result might look the same, but why you're doing it is different. It's not about doing it because everybody else on the block is doing it. Maybe you're doing it because you want your home to be a safe place for people feel welcome when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. Or and it feels good for me to end my day by walking through the door and not being like, oh, yeah. Right. Because And again, it's that self-care of having your home set in a way that works for you is a form of self-care. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I love that. Now you had mentioned before the seven steps to chaotic to clean method. Tell us more about what this method is that you're talking about. Yeah. So with the chaotic to clean method, it's not a home organization system. It's not me telling you exactly like how to fold your clothes or, you know, where to put your kitchen forks. It's a seven step process to being able to realign your focus on what you need to do to get your home to serve you so that you can fully step into the purpose that you were created for. And so the very, very first thing we do is pray. And it's about asking God to share with you what that purpose is supposed to be for you. What is it that you should be doing in your home so that you can fully realize who you were created to be. Mm, It's so interesting that you bring it up that way because it's not something that is a natural connection of what we do in our home with what we're created to be Mm -hmm. or who we're created to be. So I know, you know, obviously some people have like a natural gifting of hospitality or, you know, they're more geared in that way. And some of us, other ones, myself included, are not <laughs> like it's, it's hard for us to, when we need to kind of harness those skills and dig down deep and find them in order to do that. But some people it comes more naturally. So talk to us a little bit about how those two really link together. When you're trying to figure out, you know, what is it that your purpose is in your home? It doesn't necessarily have to be hospitality. It might be. It might be that you are not someone who is naturally prone to hospitality, but you feel like your heart is being pulled in the direction of hosting, I don't know, a small group from your church. Or, or you know, maybe it's having a weekly dinner that you host. 
it doesn't matter whether or not you have this propensity for clean baseboards, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which uh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's about whether or not you have created a space that feels welcoming and you can create a space that feels welcoming without having Swiffer the floors. And so I always say like the chaotic to clean method goal is not to have a Pinterest perfect house. The goal is to have a home that serves as a setting and serves as a resource for you to step into the roles that you want to take. And so for some people, it might not be hospitality. For some people, it might just be taking the time that you have after work and school to really be present as a parent and connect with your child. And so you're finding ways to be more efficient in your home so that you're not spending those precious moments looking for shoes or trying to find clean clothes. You're spending those minutes really focused with your child and building that relationship and pouring into your child. Oh, and that right there, Jenny, is gold. It truly is. I mean, I think that the heart of, especially, I mean, you know this from being a working mom, you know, you come home from after work and you have all these things and then you're looking at the house and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to make dinner and it's a mess and I want to spend time with my family and I'm exhausted and really I just want to sit on the couch and watch TV, but then I feel guilty (laughs) doing that. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's this constant struggle of what you feel like you should be doing versus what you are doing. And I love that you talk about setting the stage so that you can truly do what matters most so that you really feel good about the decisions that you're making of taking care of yourself, taking care of the family when you're coming home from work. And when it's the weekends, you're not spending the weekends feeling like I can't do anything fun. I have to be a slave to this house. So it really is not only just that mindset piece, but also creating the space. Yes. Yeah. Being really intentional with your home and with what is in it and with how you store those items so that they're resources for you instead of a source of stress. And so how are you setting up your kitchen, for example, so that you can do what you want to do in there? Is the kitchen your haven for alone time? Is that where you want to be by yourself where you can cook? Well, your kitchen's going to look different than if your goal is actually to have your children help you cook. Mm, Yeah. Things are going to look different. You're going to have things set up in a different way. And a lot of times we're so quick and our homes become such an afterthought that we just kind of put things where they fit. And then we're wasting precious minutes every single day as we try to gather the things that we need. Where if instead, and this is the second step to the chaotic clean method, the pause step, we're pausing and we're really looking at what we want to accomplish in our home. And what's getting in the way of doing that? Even, you know, when I talk about your child's room, I talk about letting them be messy during this step. Let them do what comes naturally to them and observe and kind of play an investigator and look at what they're doing. Where do they get caught up? Where do they struggle with? For my family, if my kids need to take more than two steps to put something away, they become instantly paralyzed. <laughs> they lose the ability oh, to walk yeah. and yeah. all of a sudden they, they get distracted in those two steps. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's okay, I'm going to set up their room and I'm going to help them set up the room and everything needs to be a two step or less process. So we use bins in their kids' rooms. You know, we use 13 by 13 bins and cubbies and that helps us to kind of keep everything clean because it's easy to say, put those toys into this bucket and it's done. 
And that might look different for every family as to what it is that is preventing you from having the home that serves you. It might be, you know, being really intentional with your after school activities. I was listening to a, a podcast you had earlier where you talked about being intentional about what your kids are doing outside of school. And I loved that because it's possible to have clutter in your schedule that then translates into an inability to keep up with the things that you're doing at home, which then increases your stress levels and wants you to go, and then you want to go do more things outside of the home. And it's just this cycle. Um, and so that pause step is really about looking at what's getting in your way and finding ways to remove those barriers. I think that that is so brilliant. You know, it's always the simplest things, right, Jenny? It's like the mm-hmm. it's the simplest things that we're like, oh my gosh, why <laughs> why am I trying to make it so much harder than it is? But just pausing, and I love that you say like, watch your kids play, watch your kids and how they interact, and even watching your spouse, watch yourself, mm-hmm. and really think about those intentions that you have set. And like we talk about in our our weekly prep course that we we have about you know preparing for the week ahead, it's all about removing the obstacles. And I really see this pause as being able to identify, to look around, to say, what are those obstacles that are keeping me from where I ultimately want to be and in my home and how it's functioning to serve the other parts of my life, whether it's my health or my finances or my family time or time with my spouse, but really being able to pause and take that in to be able to identify what are those roadblocks and how can we overcome them. That is so brilliant just to be able to have that. And so many times when we think about organizing our home or cleaning up our home or doing anything with our home. It's all about the action, not about the pause. So it's so counterintuitive to what we would naturally (laughs) think like, oh, this is what I need to do. So number one is pray, right? To identify really what God wants you to be using your home for and, and how that can help you become who it is that he intends you to be. Number two is to pause, which is so brilliant to be able to do. Now, before we move on to the third step in the chaotic to clean method, though, talk to me a little bit about what recommendations you have for people who struggle to find the time to pause. I know that sounds so crazy, but I think that so many of us like struggles, you know, to try to find those, those white spaces, margins to be able to kind of pause to even be able to observe what's going on because we're running at such a fast pace. Right. You know, it can be done. Obviously it's going to be better if you're sitting at home right? If you're at home and you can look around and you can walk through your home, gosh, even do a prayer walk through your home while you're doing this, you know, it can be done in your car. Like for one day in your commute, don't turn the radio on and think about, okay, this morning, what did I go through this morning to get ready to get to this point? And how could I have made it easier? And that simple question can help so much to quickly get the answers that you need in the pause step. How can I make this simpler for myself? Is it on Sunday nights, am I making you know breakfast ahead of time so that I have grab and go breakfast so that I don't have to worry about doing dishes when I get home from work from breakfast? Mm. You can think about those things in your car while you're yeah. on your I car. I love that. Yeah. Just that one question. How can I make this easier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. And I, you know, I think that that is, again, it's so simple. But like you said, doing it in your car, doing it while you're getting ready, doing it while you're making dinner. Like if you can just help to program yourself to ask yourself to have that reflection time, whether you are doing it when you're driving. Honestly, my best reflection time is when I'm in the shower. That's when I do my best (laughs) thinking is when I'm in the shower. So that's probably when I will be asking myself 
that. Well, that's totally perfect because you're not going to be distracted by anything during that time, right? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Perfect. All right, so number one, pray. Number two, pause. What is the third step in this process? The third step is uh, plan. If you see the pattern, they're all P words. I like it, I like it. <laughs> but plan is really now, you've asked God what he would have you do. You've identified now what the barriers are. And the plan step is where you're going to put that together and you're going to create a plan for your home and for each room. So at this point in the process, and there's a workbook that accompanies the book, at this point in the process, you've laid out the goals that you have and the intention that you have for your home and what you want to be doing in your home. So during the plan stage, you're going room by room and you're setting intention for that space. And start simple. We're starting with two to three things that you want to be the main focus in that room. And so if it's your living room, for example, do you want to have family movie nights or game nights? Maybe a reading space because that's how you can decompress at the end of a long day. Maybe you like to read a novel. Do you want to have a daily devotional space so that you have a small desk maybe where you can journal? What are those things that you want to accomplish? And you keep them small at first, so that it doesn't become overwhelming. Just keep them to two or three at first in the plan stage and really, really zero in on those things and think about what are the things that are in this room that I need in order to accomplish those things. So earlier today, I was speaking with my Facebook group and I was saying to them, if your goal is to connect with your children, well, what is it that your children are doing? Is it homework? Is it playing with Legos? Is it art projects? What is it that they're doing? And have you created a space, whether it's the dining room table or the living room, where that can happen intuitively? So you're not having to set up a space. It just happens because you've planned for that. And so if that's your goal is to connect with your kids after work, then is your living room set up with easy access to their favorite books, to their favorite games? to things like that. That's what you're doing. And that actually makes the rest of this process super easy because later down the line, when you get to the stage where we're purging and decluttering, it's no longer about, do I like this thing? Do I need to use it? It's, does this item serve the purpose that I set for this room? Oh, that's so good. Makes it so much easier. It's so much easier. Yeah. I think so many times we kind of get it backwards. Mm -hmm. on, you know, what it is that we need to do. Now, you had mentioned one thing that I wanted to come back to. You said when you're in the room and you're setting those intentions and then to identify what it is that you need to accomplish this. Now, this is where I think sometimes we can get caught in a little bit of a trap and going mm -hmm. back to that Pinterest perfect and the pendulum swinging yes. so far to the other side is I can easily go into each space and identify thousands of dollars of things that I need to buy in order for it to accomplish <laughs> and then a whole different stumbling block. So talk to us a little bit about the things, the stuff, the purchasing of new things or, or needing to have other things in order to fulfill the purpose. Well, it's not things that are going to fulfill the purpose, right? It's those interpersonal relationships. It's talking to your kids, talking to your neighbors, being a part of the community, connecting with your spouse having quiet time alone, all of those things can be done without anything in your living room. I mean, honestly, think about it. You can play a game with your kids with literally nothing because you can play charades. Yeah, right? true. With nothing, it can be an empty room and you can accomplish these things. So 
kind of a, another piece of the puzzle is when you're planning and you're walking through your home, what do I need in this room to accomplish those things? And what can I do with what I already have? Boom. And that is huge right times, there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of times I would say, I mean, I don't have statistics on this, but I would say like 90% of the time you have what you need in your home already. It just might be in another room. It might be being used in a different way. When I first used this method and I first applied it to my home, I did not have a budget to buy anything. I did this on a zero budget. And I was literally cutting the top three-fourths off of brown paper bags and turning them into drawer organizers. That's a brilliant idea, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I was using like the bottom of brown paper bags to separate my drawers so that I could hold my keys and my work ID card and some chapstick. I, I mean, I remember this clearly. My kids' dressers still have shoeboxes as their door organizers. They yeah. just pop the tops off so and smart. put shoeboxes in there. And so you can do that with anything, right? I mean, if you are wanting to create more seating in your living room, is there another room in your home where you have a chair that maybe holding laundry? Like, What are the things that are in your home that maybe aren't necessary in another room that you can bring to the room as you're creating space? And honestly, if you are, let's use that same example of the living room. If you want to create more seating because you want to invite people over, you know, maybe you want to host a weekly dinner or something. Honestly, people aren't going to care what the room looks like. They're going to care about how you made them feel. So it might just be some pillows on the floor or some, you know, cozy blankets that you already have to add the extra seating. People just want to feel welcome. I don't think they care at all about how much seating you have. Yeah, that's so true. Just kind of let go of that expectation. And I'm glad that we were able to touch on that because I think so many times, again, it kind of rolls into that comparison mode of what other people have or or feeling that we are in lack of an ability to be able to create truly what we want to create in our home because we are lacking either the finances or lacking the time or mm-hmm. we're lacking whatever we feel like is necessary in order to do that. But it really doesn't require anything other than maybe a slight shift in our perspective or the way that we're looking at it. Right. We put so many caveats on ourselves. Like, When I make this much money, I will do this with the home. Or when my home looks this way, then I will finally be able to achieve these things. And the truth is you can make it work. I love when I hear like stories about, you know, people who kind of said, forget the status quo. I'm going to make things work. I remember reading about an Olympian who was a runner and he ran this marathon with mismatched shoes. I mean, he didn't even have a pair of shoes and he competed in the Olympics with mismatched shoes because that's what he had. And so you can do it. You can do things with what you have. You can do so much. And we are so lucky, especially in this like day and age where we have access to so much at so many different price points that there's ways to do it. There's ways to create a welcoming environment. There's ways to connect with your kids. There's ways to create a space where you can relax without spending a ton of money. Now, if that's what you want to do, great. I mean, go shopping, have fun. (laughs) But, But you don't have to. Yeah. And I love that so much about what everything that you teach is that you really allow that flexibility in everything that you teach around the home on how we really want it to be for ourselves. So rather than dictating, like you said, this is where you need to 
how you need to get rid of things and what you need to have in it and how you need to organize it. It really is all customized into who we are and what we want to try to create in our spaces because we truly, truly own that. So just to kind of review those first three steps of the chaotic to clean method that you have. Number one is to pray, really inviting God into the process. Number two is to pause, which I think is still so brilliant and ask yourself, how could this be easier? Number three is to plan and really create that space, create those intentions and really get into action and making it happen. And of course, there are many other steps in this overall method. Now, where can people learn more about the method that you've created and and how they can apply it into their lives? Yeah, um, on my website, homeafter3.com. The website's been completely redesigned. I love it. I'm so happy with the redesign. And everything is right there on that front page now. Fantastic. And we will link to all of that on our show notes for yourliferocks.com and in our community as well. And Jenny, now we've talked about these three things and you've shared so much just in ways that we can kind of detach or, or like you said before, realign our focus and our emotions to our home. Is there any parting thoughts that you have for our listeners today on this topic? Yeah. As you're realigning your thoughts and this whole process is this whole method is really to help you do that. But as you're praying and pausing and then taking that time to plan, just asking yourself, is this answer that I've given to this, you know, this question, or is this plan that I've put into place, is this a should do thing? Or is this a really I need to do thing? Because if it's a should do thing, then it's probably not really meant for you. Mm. And so just asking yourself that question, of where is this coming from? Is this really coming from where I am going to be really feeling fulfilled, like I am serving a purpose? Or is it, again, that comparison? Oh, so smart, as always, because there, I think so many times we just fill things up on our plates and this is not meant to be another thing to do. But no. I think that sometimes that's a necessity, even if it's just one room, mm-hmm. one room of your house could be a necessity and the rest could be a well, maybe some other time <laughs> there's other priorities going on right now. But it does have such a huge impact that maybe at least one room would be something that is a necessity to do now. Absolutely. Even if you have just that one room that you can escape to when the clutter in the other rooms is feeling overwhelming and taking your time with it. It doesn't need to be done all at once. You know, there were big pauses in my journey where the kitchen and the kids' rooms were done, but my room was kind of sad, you know? <laughs> um, but, and that's because that's life. Yeah. That's life. But as long as we're making steps towards having a home that serves us, you're going to get there eventually. And then when you do, it just, oh, I can't even explain the feeling. I just, I felt like I could breathe again. Mm. And that's amazing. That's amazing. And I think even just my own experience, every little step that you take to get there, you get a little more of that refreshing breath back. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on again, Jenny, and sharing such generous wisdom with our audience and and helping them do this. Now, we talked a little bit about the chaotic to clean and where they can find that. But if people want to learn more about you and follow all of the great things that you're doing, where can they do that? They can go on the website, again, homeafter3.com, or they can always join me on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group called Mom's Time Well Spent, where we really just focus on intentionally spending our time or not wasting minutes or cluttering our day. Fantastic. Fantastic. And again, we'll link to everything, Jenny, over on our show notes page. But thanks so much for coming on. 
And good luck with this book and everything else that you have coming on. We're going to be praying for you as you go throughout this journey of pouring into the lives of other women as well. Thank you so much. Well, there you go. I hope that these three steps that Jenny shared with us today really bless you and help you really just take a different perspective around taking care of your home. And more importantly, the way that you let your home affect your overall well-being. And you guys, I know, like we get busy sometimes and we forget and we kind of lose our logic and lose our focus of where we want things to be. And we that's when things like our home or our unorganized to-do list or our calendar or whatever it is, right? We can let those outside things come in and infiltrate our mind. It's so easy to do when we just get rushed and we can lose perspective on the things that matter most. And it's okay to set our minds in those directions, to really use our intellect to tackle some of those obstacles or some of those problems that need to be solved around in our lives. But we really have to guard our hearts. We really have to be careful of where we let our hearts get focused onto. Colossians 3 verses 1 through 3 read, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so let that verse inspire you. Let it inspire your actions and let it be a reminder that some of the things that we stress out about, like the dishes not getting done, don't really necessarily matter. I mean, they do. Don't get me wrong. It does matter. But the main thing to pay attention to is the weight of the matter that we're allowing it to have in our lives. Don't let it steal your joy. Those dishes, the laundry, it cannot steal your joy. And truly, what it all stems from, you guys, truly, is that it's a lack of systems, right? When we feel like life is spinning out of control, the dishes are just a reminder of that. It's just a reminder that we're not able to get the things done that we intend to get done. And that's why systems in our life are so important. If you are newer to the show, when we talk about balance being possible, there's really three pillars that regardless of how you define balance, you need in order to have balance in your life. And number one is putting Jesus first, keeping your focus on him, just like we just talked about in Colossians 3. Number two is having community around you because when you're focused on other people, it's hard to let the little things of life get to you because you're so busy on loving them and letting them love you. Like you can't do everything on your own. You need to let other people help you. And then number three, are the systems. Now, when you join Life Balance Membership, the systems are the things that you're going to get. That's what you're going to learn. When you first sign up, you're going to get access to all of the courses. Plus, you will be able to join our monthly group coaching, our community, and get so many planning resources that it's going to make things fall into place for you. No more chaos in your life. Well, I can't necessarily promise that because it is life. You know, it's on the side of heaven. However, these systems are custom made for working Christian moms to help you keep your focus on the things that matter most. And when you get started in the month of May for Life Balance membership, right away in your email box, you're going to get our May bonus, which is our career planning package. So you'll get the training video along with the worksheet to help you really set those standard operating practices for an annual, quarterly, monthly, weekly, and daily reviews and actions that you can take to move your career forward to where you want to go. I mean, if you're going to be going to work every day, you might as well be making sure that you are being proactive about progressing your career forward and really reaching your goals. 
You can learn more about Life Balance Membership by going to lifebalancemembership.com and you can sign up right there or you can upgrade inside of our Your Life Rocks app. You can find it in your app store. Join us next week as we talk with Dr. Malin from Raising Character and we're gonna be talking about screen time and your kids because summer's coming and we need to be proactive about some of these strategies. And I'm so excited for you to be able to learn from her. So until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Just because the episode's over doesn't mean that we have to stop hanging out. Of course, you can follow me over on Instagram at your.life.rocks or hop on over to Facebook, search Your Life Rocks and find our Facebook community. It is full of working Christian moms just like you looking to redefine what balance means in their life and take action to make it so. Now, if you are looking for more, if you are ready to go deeper, to really create the systems to bring more balance into your life and help you clear the chaos, I invite you to join Life Balance Membership. You can go to lifebalancemembership.com to learn more or upgrade right inside of the Your Life Rocks app. You can find that on iTunes or Google Play. Looking for more resources? Head on over to yourliferocks.com.